Episode 54, Title Saving Money, Interview with Brent Wilsey, brought to you by Go Legal Yourself, an online business providing real legal tools for savvy entrepreneurs. Welcome to the Go Legal Yourself podcast. This show is about knowing the legal life cycle of your business. Welcome to the Go Legal Yourself podcast, episode 54, title Saving Money. I'm your host, attorney Kelly Bagler, the queen of business law. You can interact with us on social media and definitely do find us on the web at golegalyourself.com. Today, I have the pleasure of interviewing Brent Wilsey the president of Wilsey Asset Management. Welcome to the show, Brent. Well, Kelly, thanks for having me. Absolutely. Before we ask you to share your favorite lawyer joke, I have to say, how did your parents come up with your name? You know, that's a very funny story. And, and you're the first person ever to ask me this, so very unique. And, and uh, when I was born, I went without a name for about five days because my father said, no, we want to give him a different name. That's a strong name. So for five days, I had no name. And the nurses kept saying, and back then you stayed in the hospital a lot longer. But uh, finally, he came up with the name Brent because he goes, that's a unique name. No one else has it. Uh, it's a very strong name. And for years, I, I don't think I met another Brent until I went in the Army uh, when I was about 18 years old. Prior to that, no one had Brent. Now there's more Brents around than we can count for. But that's how he came up with it was he wanted a strong name. And where he got it from, I do not know that. But it was a long time before I had a name when I was first born. <laughs> I have to share a, a little personal story, actually. My husband's name is Brent. The very first yeah, time <laughs> I met yeah, <laughs> the very first time <laughs> I met him, I said, you have to be kidding me. That's a made-up name. And he goes, no, I can assure you it's my real name. And so um, you have to be maybe the third Brent now that I know. So now I know it's not a made-up name. <laughs> That's right. It is a real name. And it's a good name. We like it. And it's funny, too, when I was growing up, I had a very hard problem. People say, what's your name, Brent? What, what kind of name is that? I don't ever heard of it. Now it's more common. <laughs> yes, exactly. Exactly. And thank you so much for your service, Brent. You're welcome. My husband served in the Marines. Oh, I was just in the Army. I was in the Marines. That was, that was too hard for me. <laughs> <laughs> but still, thank you. We, we love our veterans, in, definitely in San Diego. Are you ready to share your attorney joke with us? I am. I am. It's just like I, I've never been asked this before either. So, so far, you've got two questions I've never been asked before. One, how I got my name, and now an attorney joke. And this was very hard. I mean, because, you know, I don't want to offend anybody, but I know that it isn't a, is a joke. So, yeah. so I'm ready. If you're ready. I, I hope you find it funny. <laughs> Absolutely. We're ready. Okay. Okay. Question is, the joke is, how does an attorney sleep? How? Well, first, well, first he lies on one side. Then he lies on the other side. <laughs> <laughs> I have not heard that one. That, that's brilliant. Yes. I like <laughs> my favorite joke brent is what's the difference between god and and an attorney 
I saw that. I'm trying to think what the answer was. Uh, gosh. Um, oh, I do know the answer. Should I share it with you? Yes, please. You probably know. <laughs> the, the answer is God doesn't think he's a lawyer. Is that exactly. Right? <laughs> exactly. That was research. my favorite. <laughs> I did a lot of research to make sure I got the right joke. <laughs> yeah, I've never heard that one before. So well done. Well done. The Thank show, you. Brent, is about helping entrepreneurs in every aspect of starting their business, growing their business, and eventually selling it for millions, right? I mean, that's everyone's dream. If you have a business and you've, you've uh, treated it right, it should treat you right when you sell mm -hmm. and retire. That is true. And one thing, too, I think you add to that is that, um, and I did hear a long time ago, this this kind of another joke that when you work for yourself, you set your own hours anywhere between seven in the morning and seven at night. I mean, it does take a lot of commitment to actually do that. Uh, so it's great having your own business, but it does take a lot of labor, a lot of sweat and a lot of risk, we'll say as well. Absolutely. And, and I'm excited to ask you about your background because you are an entrepreneur. How did you get into the business of money? Oh, by the way, I love money. <laughs> well, money is very nice to have. You know, and, and it's nice to have. If you don't have it, you really miss it a lot more. But uh, how I got in this business was I was in the Army for three years, got out. I was doing plumbing. And I just didn't fit in. I, I would hook, hook up the hot water to the cold water. I did everything wrong. I was a terrible plumber. And plumbing? I said, I got to do Plumbing, yeah. Don't I've call never me. Never guessed in a million years. Plumbing, okay. Yeah, plumbing. yes, yes. And I, I did it in the army. I did it when I got out, and I was a terrible plumber. You would not want me to do your plumbing. And I said <laughs> I'm in the wrong profession. So I looked at saying, "What can I do?" And I'll never forget. I was going through a magazine, and I saw this person in the magazine that was an accountant, and he had, he was sitting at a desk with a tie on, had this nice little light. I'm thinking, accounting. That looks very good. I want to do accounting. And I went to a junior college first, and it just clicked with me. I did not have to take notes. It just made the numbers, the balance sheet, the income statement made perfect sense to me. I was like, well, this is easy. So that's what I did. I went all the way through, got my master's degree and, and, and so forth. But it's just like, I love numbers. I can read accounting. Uh, it just fits good. So that's how I got the numbers. And then it is kind of funny. I did actually go as an accountant for uh, three years at the time of the corporate office was a food maker, which owns Jack in the Box. And I found I wasn't quite fit for that either, because for accounting, you're accounting for everything in the past. And I was more excited about what's going forward. So after three years of doing accounting, I said, how can I use my financial knowledge from accounting and finance to actually do something else? And that's when I started getting the investment world was saying, if I know what's going to go on in the past, I can understand these companies. I can maybe do well going forward also. See, that's where you and I differ. I mean, I was right there with you, you know, towing toe, walking down the same road with you of entrepreneurship, and then you mentioned numbers. <laughs> <laughs> numbers and I don't get along, Brent. We just don't. That's why I went into law, I suppose. But, yes, I understand mm -hmm. numbers are extremely important. When did you start your entrepreneurial road, if you will? Let me see. So I, I uh, was at uh, Foodmaker until 1983. 
from there, I, I kind of started going, and I, and I, and I, I got let go from Foodmaker um, because they. It, and I never forget the CFO said, "Brent, you're a smart guy, but this is just not for you. You're not fitting in." Because I would go down, I'd talk to the CFO, I'd talk to all these other people, and you know, I was great getting along with people, but I didn't like sitting at my desk all day and just you know tallying numbers. That didn't seem right to me. So I got I got let go. And so I'm thinking, well, what am I going to do now? So I first started uh, doing finance, which I thought it was, but I was actually selling insurance. I did that for about six months saying, well, this is not right. So I, I did insurance for six months. And then I met this other guy and I actually went to work for an independent firm. And it was terrible because I didn't know how to sell. I didn't know how to present. And I did that for about seven, eight months. And I, I remember getting so excited about making a $10 commission, not buying a $500 mutual fund. I was so excited about that. It was a terrible time. But then I got picked up by a bank here in California. Uh, it was called Great American Bank. People that uh, have been around for a while recognize that name. And they said, we are now going to start offering investment products in the bank lobby. Would you be interested? I thought, well, that sounds pretty good because I'm actually have people to talk to. So I did that for about five years, did very well with it. I learned how to kind of talk with people, how to explain finance to them. And then after about five years, I said, okay, I'm not ready to go out my own. And it was very scary because you, you know, I was making good money. I was making six figures in the bank and so forth. And to just drop that check, that guarantee to go out my own, it was scary. But I thought you work best when you're scared because I worked from six in the morning till midnight because I was going to make this thing happen. So that's how I started becoming an entrepreneur. I think it was about 1990, 91 uh, when I said, yes, I'm ready to go on my own and I can do this. Sometimes, Brent, you just have to jump in with both feet. Now, as far as mm -hmm. being an entrepreneur, you have to have a completely different mindset, completely. Just like you said, you, you knew, you felt you didn't fit in somewhere. You didn't fit in. That wasn't for you. You were made for something different, right? Something that uh, was more in line with your passion, more in line with your beliefs and your mission. And I too, uh, you know, I've, I've always wanted to be a lawyer ever since I was five years old. And you'll probably ask me, well, how do you know what a lawyer is at five years old, right? Well, I didn't. <laughs> but all I knew was I wanted to be a lawyer. And I stuck to my guns and I did all the schooling that I could and I became an attorney in the great state of California. And I went off to work for one of the largest international law firms in the world. And I knew at the time, I mean, it was brilliant, right? I learned from the best that were out there. And I did international transactions. But I knew, I knew there was more to life than getting up, getting dressed, driving to work, sitting behind a desk, never meeting clients, just doing the work, you know. But I did learn. I was putting in 15, 16 hours a day, a day. And this was all for somebody else. And right. It came to me, I'm thinking, if I can do this for someone else, why can't I do it for myself? There was something missing there, right? It, there's always something missing. And that's how you know you're actually an entrepreneur. And that's exactly what I did too, Brent. I left a very comfortable, cushy uh, job that was making six figures plus. And I went off and I said, okay, well, I don't have a guaranteed paycheck anymore, right? So... 
My saying, and I believe you'll agree with this too, Brent, is you can only eat what you kill. Right, right. And, and that's so true. And because you're hungry, you will find things to hunt and to kill in that form. But if you're hungry, and the other thing too, Kelly, that, that I saw too, is I hated having someone above me telling me things. I said, well, there's a better way to do it. What? Why are we doing it this way? You know, and I said, no, I can do better than that. And I'm going to prove to people I can. I, did you experience the same thing? Absolutely. Absolutely. Yes. Yes. We're asking you because you're the expert in money, money, mm-hmm. saving money, planning for retirement, um, actually work, making money work for you while you are in business. And how how would let, let's start off with a entrepreneur that's just starting their business. What would you advise them, Brent, as far as um, what they need to do with their money? Well, that's a very short question, but it can be a very long answer. And, yes. I, and I say that because when you're just starting off, you want to conserve your cash because you, you, you don't want to run out of money. And then like, oh, well, now I got to fold down because I can't eat. I can't do anything. And I do remember, by the way, when I first started my business, I'll never forget this. Um, I would go down to the McDonald's on Mission Gorge Road because I could get a Coke, fries, and a hamburger, not a cheeseburger, a hamburger for $1. Cool. And that's how I eat my dinner <laughs> because that's all I could afford. So right. that's how I conserve my cash, which you didn't spend very much. Now, as I said, you want to be careful with cash. But you also don't want to be foolish and not miss opportunities. Like we spent a lot of money on advertising. And and back then I didn't learn this lesson is that you've got to reinvest back into your business and what's going to work for you. And you've got to get your name out there because I've seen people that are the best at where they do it, the best attorney, the best financial advisor. But if you don't get out there to people to tell them what you're doing in advertising, no one knows about it. So it's a big mistake. I think small businesses make not advertising, but you've got to keep it in perspective and be careful about not running out of money. So again, I, I'm going to go back. I think I was successful watching the numbers and saying, will this really work? And then reinvesting what I could back into my business. That That's brilliant advice because that's exactly what business owners, they, they don't think about the advertisement part, right? So when we do start out, we are the salespeople. We are the people that do the work. We are the janitors, right? We're, we're the dog walkers. By the way, I've got four dogs, Brent. Do you have any dogs? Oh my gosh. I, I have one, but I, 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 and she's a very sweet, she's a pit bull, she's a very sweet dog. I cannot imagine having four. We have hair all over the place. I imagine <laughs> you would have to do it. <laughs> well, when I, when I met my husband, Brent, you'll, you'll appreciate this, right? It's a, it's a running joke in the family. When I first met my husband, husband he had three wiener dogs, right? And so the joke around the house is that I fell in love with these wieners. <laughs> well, he had three. I'm, we're not going to go there anymore. We exactly, <laughs> exactly. And, and then since, um, now we're, we're left with two, two of the senior dogs, the two wiener dogs, and then we grew our family with two um, pit bulls. One is five oh. years old and the other one we just adopted about three months ago. So she's a handful. She's about 17 months old and um, they're both pit mixes and they are pit dogs have such a bad reputation but they're sweet they're, they're extremely sweet and loving right I, i've been walking her down the street and see somebody they'll go on the other side and say, oh she's so dangerous she's the sweetest dog i know but i think 
if they're provoked, I think obviously, it, and what it is, they're we're kind of getting off track, but their bite is I don't know, two thousand pounds per square inch. It's a very strong bite, but their personality, they're very sweet. They're very you know well behaved dog. Very smart too. She's a, she's a pretty smart dog. They are. They are absolutely now. Um, so entrepreneurs, they, they don't think about reinvesting in their business, right? So they, they start thinking about, well, you know, I've got this money. I'm going to go buy the next, uh, the next Mercedes. Now you know I like Mercedes. So they're going to go out and buy a Mercedes, right? Or they're going to go out and start um, living the lifestyle of the rich and famous. But that's not what it takes to become a successful business owner. What are, and, and you've been advising business owners and individuals, Brent, on, you know, the, the, the number one thing that makes them get up every morning, go to work and become successful. It's money. It's money. You cannot live without money. You can't do anything that you want to do without money. So reinvesting in the business, that's fantastic. But I've also heard that you have to pay yourself. What does that mean? Well, I mean, you have to pay yourself because obviously you have to eat and do things and so forth. So you do have to make sure that you have enough money to live. Now, again, it should be a very small amount if you're just starting because you don't want to, again, go out and buy the Mercedes. And actually, I had dream cars for a long time. I did get Mercedes. Then I've always been a car guy since I'm five years old. Uh, now I have a couple of Lamborghinis that I have because I love cars so much. But I waited yes. until I was making very good income. I didn't jump into that. I, I remember driving a uh, a Ford EXP because I think I paid like $1,000 for it. That was not my main goal. I always loved cars. But until I could afford that business, I had to wait for the, for the things to come. And, and I think one thing, too, you mentioned about getting up in the morning. I think what also gets you up is not just the money, but what are you doing? I mean, one thing I love about what I do is I'm helping clients. I'm helping people with the retirements. And I've had clients now for 40 years, and it's just been phenomenal how to help them out. So it's, the money is very nice. That's a byproduct, I believe, of doing a good job and doing the right things for people. Because if you start doing the wrong things and you start kind of cheating a little bit and doing the wrong things, it's going to be very hard getting up in the morning. And I, I still love it. I've been doing this for 40 years. I still get excited about getting up. And I have set my retirement date, though. And my retirement date is set for the year 2042. I'll be 85. And I think that's a good age. <laughs> <laughs> well, you certainly have some growing to do there. <laughs> I think that's wonderful. You've set yourself a, a retirement date. I I, on the other hand, Brent, I, I truly love what I do. And I think I'll practice as long as I can. And literally, I can practice from anywhere around the world, right? But how does, how does one get there? I know you talk about different strategies, right, uh, for, for businesses to start at least putting money aside. So there, there are so many financial words thrown around, like a, a 401k or a savings plan or this and that. And I... I have no idea, you know, what, what the best strategy would be. And I, and I understand it's case by case. But if you were going to, in general terms, right, if, so our listeners, they're, they're all entrepreneurs and business owners, Brent, and uh, the show has gone international as well. So you've, you've got some people listening to you from across the pond, right? <laughs> and well, what is it that you would advise, you know, sort of a business owner? How, yes, you save, but... You only, at the bank, right? You only get what less than a one percent, if that. So how do how do you save in the right way? 
But again, once you get past that first stage of, of starting your business and eating at McDonald's for a dollar, once you get to that past that stage, maybe it's three, four, five years down the road. Now you have more money coming in. You're not spending everything to reinvest back in the business. Now you do have the opportunity where it's like, okay, now I can have some cash reserves. You want to make sure with a business, you can cover like right now with, with the pandemic going on. There's some small businesses that are probably going to fold because they did not have a reserve to get through this difficult time frame. So you do want that reserve, depending on what your expenses are and your payroll, you probably want at least three to four months that you can keep the business going through difficult times. Once you surpass that, then you want to start thinking about, well, how can I do a 401k or retirement plan for myself and my employees? Because employees need to, to retain good employees they want that retirement plan because they, they want to have something where they can count on down the road. And it does benefit the employer as well because there's certain things an employer can do to actually put um, things in his favor or her favor so they can put more of that plan. But it's also something to where it benefits all those involved. And you don't look at where that retirement will be, you know, six months or 12 months. But where is that retirement going to be? Five years, 10 years down the road. That's what you're looking at. So we do like the 401ks, depending on the businesses. There's simple IRAs. There's different things we can do. And so we do, and we do actually um, retirement plans for businesses. We actually look what would be best for this business, uh, whether it's a SEP IRA, could be the 401k. Uh, there's different options out there how to structure the 401k. Maybe there's a, uh, something else that would benefit them. So you've got to sit down with a good financial advisor to see what's going to be best for the business. And then also, too, we can't forget how to invest that money. That's the other problem, too, when it comes to doing that. Some people, unfortunately, put the money, well, I'm not scared to invest. I'm, I'm just going to put it in a cash account, a money market. That is not going to help for retirement. You've got to invest longer term when it's in that 401k or whatever that retirement plan is. Right. And depending on where the business owner is, you would probably do a comprehensive financial plan for them as far as how aggressive uh, the investment's going to be or uh, the the level of risk involved as well? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and actually, we are kind of unique because we are a registered investment advisory firm of the SEC. So our main job, and actually I've done this for a long time, was to invest people's money. Years ago, I realized that I was doing a great job of growing people's money, but we weren't doing that financial plan. So what I did was I hired a financial planner who's a CFP. He's on staff. Um, he does not sell product because that's you don't want to see a piece on product. So he's on a salary. So he does do financial planning for the businesses, for people. And what I like about it's unbiased. He will talk to people just about what is best for them, for businesses, what is best for them. It is a fee service. So there's no incentive to sell them a life insurance policy or annuity or anything like that. So it's just a, a good way to do financial planning. Same way someone pays you a fee, pays the accountant a fee. You pay a true financial planner the fee to actually do a financial plan for you. Right. So one of the aspects of my law firm right, is um, I help international clients gain a U.S. presence. They can be they can have a successful business overseas, but yet they want to maybe expand their market to the U.S. And so I help them set up their corporations, I draft all of their necessary contracts. And one of the main um, discussions that we have is that um, how, do you, how do we start saving, right? How do we start saving some money? And <clears throat> that is where someone like you would come in, right? You would come in and 
is there is it ever too early to start saving uh, yes, because I talked about in the very beginning, you, you do want to be reinvesting into the business because that's, that's going to be very important to get that business growing. But there is going to be a point to where you do get to where it's like, okay, and, and it depends on the business, depends on how hard they work and so forth. It could be three, maybe five years. They're going to start enjoying the fruits of their labor. Where now they have more money coming in. They have more contracts, more customers, whatever the business may be. So now they're going to have extra money. At that point in time, that's probably when you do want to sit down with a financial person. Again, uh, I'm more the money manager in our, in our firm. Uh, they probably want to sit down with a good financial planner that's unbiased, not going to try to sell you insurance or anything else, but to really look at what the plan is and then develop that plan. Maybe it's to where, okay, now we're going to be two, three, four, five years from here. So goal setting, planning going forward, very important financially, <clears throat> so you know how you're going to get there, and that will keep you on track. Right. A bit of trivia for you, Brent. Do you know who the very first um, person, the director uh, of the SEC was? Well, you stumped me. I do not know who that was. That's three <laughs> you know. now. That's three times I've stumped you, right? <laughs> Yes, yeah, you're good. <laughs> <laughs> yes, thank you. <laughs> yes, it was actually Joe Kennedy. It was John Kennedy's father. I did not know that. Oh, yeah. I've lived a long time in the finance world. I never knew that. Thank you for sharing that. <laughs> yes, yes, absolutely. Absolutely. I'm going to ask you three different questions. What would you advise a business owner that is in the startup phase, so they've been in business for about, let's say, three years now. They're still trying to get their head around it. They're still trying to gain uh, clients and what have you. What would you, from a financial point or from a money-saving point, what would you advise that business owner? Uh, and I do have to point out, Kelly, too, there's some people that are not meant to be entrepreneurs. Um, they cannot do it. They don't have that mindset to actually do it. So sometimes after three years, if things are going well, you maybe have to look inside yourself and say, maybe I'm not a good entrepreneur. Maybe I'm better working for someone else. If they still find that after three years, they're still struggling. And, and there's so many different scenarios to kind of look at. Again, you, you ask these very short questions that have very long answers to it. <laughs> <laughs> It, it depends on where they're standing, what the business is, and so forth. If they're still struggling after three years, you may have to extend your reinvestment back in that business and not start saving money yet because the main goal is to get that business to grow. Now, they might have to look to see, well, what did I do wrong the last three years? And I'm, you're an entrepreneur. I am. I can't count the number of mistakes I've made, but I learn from those mistakes and say, don't do that again. Yeah. Let's try this. So if they're at a point that, again, they're still struggling, they've, they've got to step back and look, saying, all right, this is not working. Maybe they're spending too much money in places they should not. Uh, maybe they have employees that maybe they shouldn't have hired yet. Maybe See, maybe they jumped ahead too much and try to get that Mercedes or start saying, well, I'm going to start sitting back now. I'm going to only work seven, eight hours a day. Um, you may still have to work that 12-hour a day if you're still struggling after three years. So, But at this point in time, you're still going to have to put that money in a money market, in a bank. There's a lot of companies out there like Capital One, Synchrony Financial, that you won't get great returns because, as we know, the, the Fed has reduced rates dramatically. Ten-year treasury is now, what, 0.6%. So on some of these, like Synchrony, I believe they're paying about 0.4%, 0.5%, which is better 
than going to the bank and getting point one. So right. that's one thing they can do is look around a little bit on um, other options besides just the bank money market. Has anyone ever told you you're very honest? <laughs> uh, yes, actually they have. So yeah, you, yeah. <laughs> really appreciate that advice, Brent, really do. Second question for you is what would you advise a business owner that's actually growing? They've got steady income coming in and their uh, revenue is growing every month. Uh, then okay, so now at stage two, we'll call it. They're, the revenue is growing. They've reinvested enough in the business. Now they have extra cash to look at. I, I think the first thing again, and I'm also assuming that they have that reserve set up for the, the down periods. Now, what I think the best thing to do is look at opening up that retirement plan because it's going to be- benefit them and their employees. I, I think that's the best place to start when you're in stage two to where you feel comfortable putting money in. And I've got to tell employers too. I hate seeing. Two things when it comes to retirement plans. I hate when they don't match because that's something they should do. It benefits both you and the employee. And the other thing that I don't recommend when we do plans is do not allow loans from the plans because what happens is that people unfortunately get off track and then they're like 45 years old. Oh, I want to borrow from the plan and, and it's okay. I'm just paying myself back. It hurts the plan dramatically in the retirement plan. And then when they get to be age 60, 65, when I retire, well, you can't because 20 years ago, you took that loan against the plan. So we do not allow, allow loans on the business plans we do unless the employer really gives a hard time saying, no, I want to put that on that. But the retirement plans are not loans. It's not your own bank. It is your retirement that someday you're going to be old and you're going to need that money. Do not abuse that abuse when you're working and you're 45 and to borrow money for a new boat or something. Not a good idea. That's incredible advice, Brent. I, I've never heard that before. So that, that's a good one. Thank you. That's a good one. And then the last question in the three-part question I'm asking you is, what would you advise a business owner that wants to retire in, let's say, three years? Um, well, again, all the things have been done. They've got the retirement plan. I'm assuming that their retirement plan now has good money into it. They want to retire in three, three years. Uh, depending on their situation, they may be looking at selling that business. Now, if they sell that business, they're going to get a large chunk of money. We, we've done that for a lot of investors where they sold their business for four, five, six, ten million dollars. I think right, somebody higher than that. Um, they're then going to have to reinvest that money because now they're they're done working. But you want to start planning. You also want to have a, um, a contingency plan. I mean, how are you going to keep that business going? Uh, you may want to have, find someone to buy it, but you may have to be a consultant for two years. Because one thing I know, and I, I'm fortunate my son and maybe my other son as well, uh, they're going to take over the business. And I never thought this was going to happen. I had no idea my sons had any interest in finance until one day in high school, he comes in and it's like, Dad, I think I like what you do. I go, I had no idea. He even knew what I did. So, and don't force family to go into business because that's not a good thing. Oh, that's a disaster. It is a total disaster. You're right. So, so, um, but we had that plan bit up. But, I, but I, I've been training him very hard to have him understand, meet the client. That's probably a whole other thing because you've got to have that contingency go on, especially for a family member. You've got to pull them in early and maybe let them do a little bit more than what we do. I mean, as you know, I do commentaries on national news. I do it on local TV. Well, I got him on Fox 5 here in San Diego so that people can see him more. And unfortunately, and no surprise here, he has a young face, yes. which is a detriment in the finance side. Um, but that'll be very nice when he's in his 40s. 
but, but there's things you have to kind of bring people in. Now, if you're going outside, it may be the same thing. You might have to give those new owners some of your time at a consulting basis to keep that business going. So you want to make sure, and, and, and there's so many different financing options they can do. Be careful of that. Uh, if you do get a big lump sum, there's going to be a tax situation you have to look at. Mm-hmm. How are you going to invest the money? Uh, again, it comes back to this is where a certified financial planner that is unbiased, not trying to sell you insurance, can come into play to really sit down and lay out a good plan going forward for the next three years of how you're going to move into retirement. So I've coined the phrase business legal life cycle, and it's a registered trademark, by the way. So don't try to use it. I wrote it down already. I know. know. And, And the life cycle consists of the startup phase, the growth phase, the established phase, and then the exit phase. And out of all those phases, you obviously know this, which is the most important phase. Well, you know, and one thing I have made the assumption of, of the legal side, I haven't talked to anybody about the legal side because that's your, 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 your area of expertise. So I have not talked about that, but I think you want to be very concerned with the, the money phase because obviously we did talk about money and financial. That's very important, but you cannot leave out the legal side because it'd be terrible to do something wrong and get sued or lose something, or you've got to watch that legal side as well. So I'm like, I don't know if there's one best thing to look at, one thing only, I think there's many things you have to look at. And, and I think the financial is very important. And I'll see the legal side. And let's not forget about the accounting side as well. You, you got to have that good CPA there with you to help you understand the numbers more and taxes. Taxes are terrible, but they're part of life. Absolutely. Did, yes. Can I but, protect myself? Because I didn't guess the, the number one. <laughs> <laughs> that was such a politician answer. <laughs> I was asked to run for mayor here in San Diego, and I decided not to because I don't think I want to be a politician. <laughs> yeah, we've got a really bad rep right now. But I've always sort of leaned towards the exit phase, right? Because if you don't plan for your exit properly, the past 20 years, the 30 years that you've spent in your business, blood, sweat, and tears, and trust me, there's plenty of tears in there. Yeah. You know, that was that was all for nothing, right? So I think out of the four phases, the exit phase is so important because you do need to know who you're going to sell to. Is your family member going to take over? And you're one of the fortunate ones, Brent, that your sons are actually interested in what you do. Very fortunate. Yes. And, and then that way it allows you to retire and live the life that you want to live. You know, if you want to move to Florida and play golf for the rest of your days, you know, Godspeed to you, but you have to plan for all of that, you know. And so how early can a business owner um, meet with you? You mean as far as, uh, well, well, obviously one very important thing is, is that uh, to meet with me now on the investment side, again, we, we manage hundreds of millions of dollars. So that's yes. what we do. Um, to meet with me, they, they have to have either in the beginning to set up that retirement plan or talking about that. Or we've had businesses, too, where they say, you know, I've got $400,000 in the bank. It's earning that 0.1%. I don't need 400. Maybe need 200. Well, then we'll invest the other 200 for them. So that will grow for the business as well. So that's when they meet with me. But as far as our financial planner goes, any stage they can meet with a financial planner. because There's so many things that he can point out 
because he's kind of stepping back at looking at things. And sometimes as the entrepreneur, we get too close and we can't see what is it, the, the tree through the forest or the forest through the trees. I think is what the saying is. Right. Uh, <laughs> whichever one it is, I, I think you get the point. Um, but he can kind of step back and develop that plant because, for example, doctors are very smart people, but they are the worst business people, which maybe you've come across because Absolutely. it's not what they do. They need an expert lawyer. They need an expert financial planner. They need an expert investor and, and CPA or tax person to do their taxes. So you do have to have a team of people to help you out. And I think many times in business, the one that they leave out is the financial planner because they don't think it's important. But again, here we're talking about, well, how am I going to retire down the road? Financial planner can look at, 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 at the, the cash flow analysis. They can pull in all these things. What are you going to get in Social Security? What if you sell the business? All these different things they can pull together that the average business person hasn't even thought of yet. Exactly. Brent, if you could do it all over again, what would that one thing be that you would do differently? Oh, gosh. We talking personally or business? <laughs> Either one. Um, you know, business-wise, uh, I've been very happy with what I've done. And I have made mistakes. Um, but, I, but I always put people's needs first. And I always said, is that if you help someone out, and I, when I did my, I started radio back in 1995, and I said, if I give the audience more than I get, that will give me more down the road. And what it gave me was a great reputation. People know when I'm on the radio, on TV, I'm giving them real information. I'm not trying to sell them product. I'm not trying to do anything. So I did, that was very important to me. The other thing I've talked about as well is you always have to fill a void. Um, sometimes people have this great idea, oh, this is great, and so forth. I said, well, you know, actually Amazon's already doing that. So you, you're not going to have that business grow. Right. So I'm going through all these steps to try to find something I would do differently. And I, I hate to sound at the lack of sounding conceited. I, I don't think there's anything I can think of I, I would have done different. Um, I, I borrowed money in the beginning to do advertising. Um, you know, I did different things. There's nothing um, business-wise I, I would do differently. Personal-wise, well, I've been divorced twice. So <laughs> maybe, <laughs> maybe that would be one thing that, okay, I should have done something a little bit differently there. So we, we won't go too much in detail to that. Right. We'll, we'll let the audience fill in the blanks there. There we go. There we go. <laughs> and, you know, and maybe it could be too because as, a, as an entrepreneur, um, you do work a lot. And, yes. and that's sometimes hard on the spouse because they're saying, what about me? And even, I'm, I'm engaged now. Um, even my fiance now, because I, I, I work all day. I do a lot of reading. I read the Wall Street Journal, Barron's, everything's going on. You've got to do a lot of reading to know, you know, in the finance world. Sometimes she goes, well, what about me? And I go, well, I, I, I had dinner with you tonight. Right, <laughs> you know? right, right. Sometimes it does put a strain on that, but I, I just have such a passion for it. Um, I love doing it. Um, but I, I can't think of anything going back where, and, and if you did it, you would know where you go back and say, gosh, I wish I had done this. Yeah. Yeah. I thought about everything before I did. I try to analyze it the best I could before I step forward. I always think, what is the worst case scenario? Like when I did the radio show, I had to put some money into advertising. Okay. If I can at least break even on the advertising, that is fine. Okay. So I always looked at things. What is the best case scenario? What is the worst case scenario? And that's, I think, a mistake that business owners do make is that they don't think about the worst, just the best. And when we were buying businesses in our portfolio for investment-wise, 
we always look not at what is the best thing, but what is the worst thing that could happen in this business. If we find something, we're not going to buy it. So the same thing as an entrepreneur, but I, I'm, I can't find anything that I would change over my 40 years of being in business. But that's okay, though. That's okay. Yeah. That means, you know, you, you, you did it right because whatever mistakes you made has made you the person you are today. Well, and, and, and you know, that's true. And I, and I've met the president. I've been at the White House. And I, I'm just thinking I'm this little guy that grew up in Schenectady, New York. Uh, I'll never forget my, my father and my grandmother saying, oh, he's not doing well in school. Well, hopefully he can do some trade or something because he's just not going to be very successful. Right. And something to me triggered him. What it was, uh, was looking at people that have done well. I always had mentors. Uh, and what did they do? How did they do it? And I'd always follow successful people. But I was not projected to go anywhere. In high school, I was most likely to not succeed. So when I graduated high school. Well, you showed them. I really did. <laughs> you showed them. That's brilliant. And I have to share with the audience, Brent, that you are in my living room three to four times a day, and I mean on TV. And I love the advertisements that you do. You're both local and, and national, um, mm -hmm. and you have shared some valuable information that can really save thousands of dollars to entrepreneurs, for entrepreneurs. And uh, we will add all of your information to our show notes so the audience can actually reach out to you. But would you like to share with the audience how they can get in touch with you? Well, most, most definitely. I mean, they can go to our website, which is smartinvesting2000.com. Again, that's smartinvesting2000.com. They can always call the office if they want to talk directly to me. And that's one thing, too, is that people can talk directly to me. People think, oh, you're so busy. I still have time to talk to people. That's one thing I enjoy doing. They can call the office directly at 858-546-4306. And also, too, every Saturday, we're on at 9 o'clock on 97.3 FM, The Fan, which they can also listen to that on iTunes. They can listen on uh, the radio.com app on their computer, however they want to do it. Uh, just put in uh, 97.3 FM, The Fan, uh, that will then show up. So, uh, and Google me on, on, uh, as well. I mean, we're done a lot of different things. I do have to say, and I, I always point this out when you Google me, I always explain people, they're going to see something. I did this back in the nineties. I made a large donation to children's hospital. And so there's a street named after me in San Diego. So now anytime somebody buys or sells that street on that street, it goes in my Google. So you'll see Brent Wilson places, Brent Wilson places. So you got to dig through that to find out the other good information. Oh, that's brilliant. That's brilliant. That, that's giving back. It surely yes. is. Uh, I feel very fortunate, Brent, that people like you and I were, were very blessed. You know, we're, we're living the dream that we were living the life that we've dreamt of. And it's really through hard work. It really is. And, and right now, investment-wise, a very difficult time. I still love what we're doing. I, I love how we do it. I get up in the morning, I get excited, I work out, and I just think, what are we going to do today? What are we going to do today? been doing this for 40 years and I still love doing it. Fantastic. Here's to another 40, right? Or is yes. it 45? Uh, well, actually, not a 40. I'd put me at 103. I, don't, <laughs> I might make it. I don't know. But... Hey, let, let's go with the 45. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> That's fantastic. Thank you so much for being part of the show, Brent. We, well, we Kelly, enjoyed having you. Well, Kelly, I really enjoyed uh, being here and thank you so much for making me part of your program.
Absolutely. My pleasure. And audience, please feel free to download the app. You can get the app from your app stores. It's called Legal Yourself. And you can connect with us directly from the app. Leave us some feedback. Let us know how we're doing and let us know if uh, you have any other questions for our guests. And remember, the only way you become successful is if you make today the day you go legal yourself. I am attorney Kelly Bagler, the queen of business law, and it's been a pleasure being your host today. Until next time, cheers to your success.